Episode of the Beat. Yours truly, Nick Bummer, along with Brendan Quinn here in Ann Arbor. Uh, what day is today? Monday. Uh, no. This is going to air later in the week. <laughs> it's been a uh, busy uh, couple weeks around here. I'd it say. Has. It has. A lot going on. You're a busy traveler these days. We've got no food. We got no money. <laughs> <laughs> so you're busy. You're all over the place. Yeah. Uh, there's been there's been a, a, a lot going on with Michigan State, of course, football wise. You're traveling a lot, so we figured this would be another uh, you and me podcast here. Yeah, yeah, and we really haven't gotten into Michigan State football since yeah. uh, this turnover of eras. And, yeah. Um, I know I've kind of wanted to because you and I we always we're always going back and forth on our Slack channel or via text or kind of talking through the coaching search because. Um, you know, obviously, you would bounce yeah. you know, ideas and things mm-hmm. off me, and I can reach out to some people that I know and blah 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 blah. But I don't think we ever actually put anything together in terms of sitting here talking like how it would about what and, just yeah. happened. Right. And um, yeah, until Mel Tucker gets rolling and gets his uh, staff fortified and yep. starts be... bringing in players, like this is this is the news in the state right now. Yeah. Um, no, at least until the college bracket, for sure. At least yeah. Until the bracket comes out. Right. You know? Yeah. And especially in the college arena. I mean, this right. is... And really, it was newsy in, in the national sort mm-hmm. of uh, stream of things just with how it played out, um, you know, with his exit from Colorado after saying he was going to stay or whatever. You know, that impact. I think, you know, I saw that uh, Sports Illustrated wrote about that, which is kind of interesting how he was ta- <laughs> he was talking to donors. You know, they went inside of it, you know, yeah. talking to Colorado donors on the day, basically, that yeah, it was I the see. next day it was going to happen. Yeah. That was... Was that Pat... And, yeah, and uh, um, Ross Dellinger wrote Ross that. Yeah. I saw them getting shit from from a lot of Michigan State fans. I didn't really well, get that because... So like, I think people were like, you know, this is just one of those things. I mean, you know, they wrote that story, and I mean, I don't think it had any... I didn't read the whole thing, but I don't think it had any, like, you shouldn't have done this. It was just like, this is what happened. Right. You know, and you can... Everyone can make their own assumptions on what should have happened or what shouldn't have happened, but, I mean, this man was offered, a, I think... Th- it ended up being three million dollars more than he was making in Colorado. Double it was more than double his salary. Mm-hmm. What the hell was he supposed to do? <laughs> I mean, like you know, that's and that's what that was the first point we wanted to talk about today was the money that, yeah. that that's involved with this, how it happened, and you know, sort of what it means. It's always about the money, right? Um, old old pocket watching Nick Baumgartner over here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, and here's the thing because the, in the bigger. And I know you want to get into this, but like mm-hmm. in the bigger conversation, it's this financial commitment yeah. to not only Tucker but his staff. Right. Like this is the real thing. I, I feel like going on here. That I know you time. feel like going on here. Um, in terms of bringing this program, like I don't know if Mel Tucker's going to win. You don't know if Mel Tucker's mm-hmm. going to win. But this, what just happened, brings Michigan State into a different. Yeah conversation and like the fact that it's not only Michigan State I mean this is Big Ten related this is things kind of beyond the contours of just school A hires coach A Um, you know the fact that the Big Ten can just go and get a sitting power five coach from the Pac-12 steal him in the middle of the night literally in the middle of the night and literally (laughs) only by just throwing more money at the situation 100% this was not Okay, let's go roll out the red carpet. 
let's you know make this all no. day. money. No, what you need more money for your staff? Here's more money. You need more money for you? Here's more money. Right. And they could have just keep going and going and going. Yeah, could have just kept going up. Um, yeah, they're now paying a guy more than Tom Izzo, and right. I'm sure Tom Izzo gets it because he was the one who, in his own press conference, was like, "Football's football, man, and this is Big Ten That's football, it. and this is the way it is." Yeah. So, um, for Michigan State to kind of make this. Level. I, I I remember thinking the same thing with Purdue, mm-hmm. um, Jeff Brown, yep. and and this is this is right up there with that. Where I think it kind of changes the conversation around Michigan State, but it also puts some uh, pressure on a guy who's replacing yep. a dude who you know did a lot with half the amount of money. Yeah, it does. It's two separate conversations, <laughs> yes. really, because one, the first part is that well, it's maybe even three. Mm-hmm. You know why this happened was. You know, it happened because Michigan State didn't have any leverage. I mean, they lost all leverage with everybody from the standpoint of, you know, this happened so late in the cycle. Right. Um, they had issues off the field in the last several years that people were, you know, worried about, mm-hmm. uh, including possible if there's anything that comes out, you know, going forward. No one really quite knew. So everybody was a little skeptical about this type of things, or at least concerned. Sure. So that's going to drive the price up. Then, you know, of course, you have the public sort of, you know, fall out there with Luke Fickle, which drives it up even more. And all of a sudden you're in a situation where, you know, you're going to have to pay somebody, you know, if they, Luke Fickle would not have been worth five and a half million dollars. Mel Tucker's resume does not prove worth five and a half million dollars in terms of just, if we're just looking at it in a vacuum, right? Yes. They haven't, neither of those coaches have, have probably done anything that would merit that, you right. know, that type of salary with, you know, the, the coaching pool or the salary staff pool being six million, but they had to do it. They had no choice. So they jack it up as high as they can go, and now, you know, you're in a situation where let's say that Mel Tucker just isn't great. Let's say in three years this is just not working. Um, it's not ideal. It's not the ideal situation. But what you would have, I would think, would be, you know, the rest of the country would see. Okay, well, they were willing to start spending like a Big Ten East team finally mm-hmm. back in 2020. So maybe now it's 2023 or 2024. Maybe this hasn't worked out. And all the the candidate pool suddenly is like any like unlike anything you've ever seen for Michigan State because right. everybody would say, well, shit, they paid Mel Tucker that. I wonder what I could get, you know. And I'm not getting it here. I'm not getting it from this job that I'm mm-hmm. at, wherever it may be. And that to me is, you know, it, it happened because they were forced into it. Right. But now they're there and they're spending like a team. You know, they're spending like someone who should, you know, who's in the Big Ten East with Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. You know, it's been this thing forever at Michigan State, right? Where it was like, you know, how many years ago? It was only like four four years ago, probably, mm-hmm. where they were nickel and diamond with Pat Narduzzi to keep him as a coordinator because they were going to lose him to someone else as a coordinator. They weren't going to lose him as a head coach. They were like, there were teams trying to come and take him and for the same job because they were paying so little, you know, in general. I mean, I think that this, this is, whatever, how you get there is kind of irrelevant, but the fact that you got there is, it's notable to me. I mean, they they had the money, they found it. I would assume it's all spoken for somewhere. They're paying for it, I mean, you know. Yeah. The thing is, the it, when, you, when you want to talk about money and the and Big Ten schools and things mm-hmm. like that, one of the reasons that the Big Ten can just treat the Pac-12 yeah. like a carcass right. is, right? I believe the Pac-12 was like the first one with a network deal, and they kind of set the market, and then everyone just kind of exploded on top of it. If I'm remembering this uh, correctly, Big Ten did the whole. Th- it was Big Ten first, and then well, they came maybe in they after. were most recently up. Yeah, they probably. On, yeah, right? maybe, the, the big, maybe the Big Ten yeah. came on top right. of their last one. They've always been like, chasing the Big Ten in these matters. You know, so yeah, the, they the don't big, have the money. The last deal was 
2.6 billion or 2.5 billion billion with a B yeah, yeah. right I, like just stupid money for 6 years that's not like a that's not a 20 year contract yeah. worth 2.5 billion right it's a 6 year contract worth 2.5 yeah, billion like, like the money is there um, it's a matter of how fast you can spend it and yes you know the thing you know, it's the part of the big argument for uh, name image and likeness is right now one of the only the only two places you can really spend it are facilities and coaches' salaries. Yeah, I, I just yeah I mean it's you have to do it. What is what is the right. what is the point of sitting in this league and not spending the money that's coming to you? I mean Michigan State's not a situ- not a school that has you know endless pockets, mm-hmm. but they've never been a school that I would consider to be like strapped for cash right, either. Right, I don't right. think I would ever say that they were like they couldn't come up with money, but it always felt awkward to me when. You know, like when D'Antonio had it rocking and rolling, and Narduzzi is one of the most coveted coordinators in the country, and you can't pay him eight hundred grand, right? Because he might leave. Like it got to that point that it got that far down the road where it's like, I mean, you can't even match. Like Texas A and M, I think it was, or somebody was going to come in and be like, "We're just going to take him because <laughs> you guys aren't paying this guy anything." <laughs> right. And so it had. I mean, I think he ended up with like nine hundred thousand or something like that at the end, but for like a year, mm-hmm. one year, and then he was out the door. And you know, and that to your point, that's before the you know the latest TV money deal thing came up, which you know that's going to add a giant influx of everything into this conversation. Bottom line is, is like, yeah, if you're in one of these leagues, you got to spend like you're in one of these leagues, you, and you got to do it with football. It can't you, you're not Indiana. You can't right. you can't do it. And even Indiana in recent years has started to finally you know dedicate more money to football because you just you don't have a choice if you're in this league. I mean, that's the money you're getting, and, and that's what drives everything else. Right. And yeah, I mean, that was that was a question that was asked last week. A bunch was like, "Well, is Izzo going to get a new contract?" And like I think Beekman got asked that specifically, and he was like, "Well, we did a contract last year, and I think we're good. Like right. I, I don't think he, I don't think he's going to come to me and be like kicking my door down, being like, I need one more dollar yeah. than Mel Tucker. Yeah. To your point, he'd probably tell you like it's about goddamn time, <laughs> right. you know, that we're we're going to act like a Big Ten right, team right, here. Right. So I'm, yeah, and you know when you look at across the league, uh, it's like this is all part of the arms race. It's not yeah. just the, the the shiniest locker room, and like that's the thing, you know. It's like you put an additional one building, you better start on the next one because shit's yeah, gonna yeah. be out of date. Just keeps going two years. Yep. Um, and that's the same way in coaching salaries. I'll be right. really curious to see with the pool of money that they have. We can uh-huh. get into this. Yeah. You know the the level of coaches that they're able to bring in. If, right. If they run into some of the issues that. You know, they were running into when it came to kind of trying to convince Mel, the likes of Mel yeah, Tucker right. or Luke Fickle early on. If they run into that in trying to get mm-hmm. some of the bigger, high, higher profile right. staff members. Um, because there's, in this regard, there's a limited pot to be able to just. Yeah, throw it's not unlimited. People. But it's higher than it was. Like, for instance, you know, we just talked about Narduzzi five years ago mm-hmm. getting up to 900 grand, whatever it was, which put him up with some of the highest paid people in the country at the time. But in today's world, you know, we just saw Michigan State go through this back and forth with Vince Morrow from Kentucky, um, who's a tight ends coach, who's not a coordinator, right. who's a great recruiter of the state of Ohio, which is why they wanted him. He stayed at Kentucky for uh, nine hundred grand. He got nine hundred. He's one of the highest paid non coordinators in the country now, presumably because Michigan State got his number up to. I don't know the exact number what they offered him or whatever how that went or if they even made you know how far it got. But his number's up to nine hundred thousand dollars, which tells us that. Michigan State was probably willing to go in that neighborhood, you know, for a guy that wasn't going to be a coordinator, probably. Right. Um, 
Ron Burton, the uh, the uh, defensive line coach who went to uh, Indiana briefly. It's my understanding that he signed a MOU, and then suddenly winds up back at Michigan State. Well, I wonder why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's I mean, you know, obviously Ron Burton is probably fond of Michigan State. Sure, but Jesus, like he probably got paid. You know, like they probably paid him more than Indiana was willing to pay him, and. That's what money can do in these situations. Like your job value is not about it. It's not anymore. It's not about what your what your program did for the last fifteen years. Right. It's about how much you can pay somebody to get quality people to come in and do it. I mean, that's that's the thing we we talk about all the time. Like if you if you replace it, if like you know, for instance, like if Illinois or somebody decided one day, like we're gonna just start we're gonna start paying six million dollars for a mm-hmm. coach. You probably get somebody yeah. pretty good to come to come and be your coach if you did it at the right timing and everything else, right. you know, and you could prove that you were going to be dedicated to it and the whole thing all the way through facilities, everything else. That's the tricky part is getting them to back up their word. Mm-hmm. But you know, it gets people interested when you have the money to spend, as opposed to nobody wants to work at a nickel and dime shop when the guy down the street is you know when Michigan's building space stations here, yeah. you know, in their football yes. program yeah. basically or the equivalent of it, and you're up the street being like, well, we're we're having a pressure for you know yeah. better tape or whatever you know that kind of thing, and nobody wants to be part of that. So money changes everything, and, and to me, regardless of how you got here, to this sort of signified an arrival in some ways. I thought financially, huh. whether or not it works is to be seen. But you're in a spot now where like Michigan State always felt like they were tasked with doing so much more with so much less when it didn't really feel like they had to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was like it's like with Michigan's basketball. Mm-hmm. Program was always like that with Beeline. They for a long time it was like they weren't paying him a ton. And I'm like, why aren't they paying him a ton? I'm like, they have the money, like you know what I mean, like that kind of thing. Where it's right. like, might as well invest it, and they did. Eventually, they invested it in the facilities. They invested it in Chrysler. Everything got better. And look, I mean, but it's not like they, they didn't do it with Juwan. It's making two million a year. It's making no nothing compared. But they could have if they wanted to. Right is the point, right? right? Yeah, so, I mean, if he goes to the Elite Eight, then he'll probably make sure. three and a half next you year. Know, and, and that's maybe one of those things, too, where I don't know how that all goes, but at the same time, it's you, you get to a certain price point, and that's what you're communicating with the rest of the world, right. football-wise, right. is, you know, we can pay this, and we're willing to do it. Um, so, all that said, yeah. first of all, I think it's a, it's a good thing in public perception that this is the financial commitment being made. But at the same time, from old Mel Tucker, yeah. it's also every loss. No, of course. They're paying this guy five and a half million dollars. Well, Jim Harbaugh. Every yeah, right. single it's, time. It's what what gets talked about, <laughs> what what gets put in front of Jim Harbaugh's name after the words like Michigan coach, what what gets what are the words that get put in front of his name more than anything else? How much he makes. Right. It's a salary. They're paying this guy. $78 million. And it's like, well, and that's my always favorite, right? Where it always goes up. Like yes. somebody will be like, they're paying him like $12 million. I'm like, we're not paying him $12 million. Okay. Let's get the number right, right. first of all. Yes, it is a lot, but right. it's also like, it's not your money. It's not money that's coming out of your pocket. I've never quite understood the criticism from the commentator or the whatever who's like, I can't believe they're paying this guy $8 million. It's like, well, I mean, that's they have the money. They have to spend it. So, you know, they're, and they want to make sure people understand that they're willing to do so. So yeah, pressure is going to come from the fan base, regardless of that. And if people start getting frustrated with, and that's where it comes in, where it's like, well, if we have five and a half million dollars to spend on a coach, let's spend it on another coach. You know, right. that's where it comes in, and I exactly. understand that. So that's yeah, the pressure behind that, you know, fair or not, uh, would probably be, especially nationally, yeah, would probably be pretty high. I mean, even for a guy like Jeff Brom, 
at Purdue, who just got all that money last year when he turned down Louisville. Mm-hmm. Like, if Jeff Brown, if this year Jeff Brown, they did not have a good year last year. Purdue was, they struggled. Yeah. And if they come out this next year and are not doing so hot, I got to think a lot of folks are going to be like, the hell's going on here? Why are they doing, you know, what what, what was happening? You so that's that money changes why everything. you took that money at Purdue and not somewhere else. Right, and money changes everything, of course, right. um, including expectations. It puts a strain on them. It makes things unrealistic sometimes. It pressurizes everything, mm-hmm. and that's the situation. This whole thing has been under pressure because of the timing and everything else. And you know, I, I would expect that just continues and gets amplified because yeah, the, the lowest hanging criticism is always the what's he making? Oh, yeah. You know, the wins. Okay. You know, related to money. And sometimes that's valid and sometimes it's not. And a lot of times it's like, well, you know, some of these guys end up getting all that money because they're worth every dollar of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll see if that actually happens or not. But I heard a lot of people compare it to, like, the Brady Hope, when Brady Hope got hired at Michigan. Mm-hmm. And, like, Brady, you know, because they were down, you know, they weren't getting who they maybe people thought they could have gotten, you know, Jim Harbaugh at the time, whatever, right. it, was, whatever it would have been. And the the... You know the reports or what have you that they overpaid Brady Hope to maintain a an aura of that this job is worth. And I was always like, why is that a why is that a criticism? Right. We're, I mean, are we are we do we need are we all of a sudden going to start critiquing uh, athletic directors' financial conservatism? <laughs> like you need to uh, get the most value for that. I mean, what are we doing here? Like right. that to me has always been sort of strange. Like who cares if he's making like. 80% over his value and he fails. That's because he just wasn't a very good coach. But you're, the next guy is going to get more money too. So right. like whatever. Obviously you don't want that to happen. Right. But if you're in a situation where that's the best option you've got, you got to make it look a little better than maybe what it is. No doubt. And maybe no that's what, what's happening, you know. No doubt. And it's the, I mean, the, yeah. Because the, that's not the conversation. The conversation is the market value. Why is that the market yeah. value? That, but that's a whole different right. can of worms. Like, if, it, the fact is that that is the market value. Yeah, so of course. That's where you need to be. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, no choice. The, the way it is. So you mentioned the way the word fair earlier, which is a yeah. word that we probably don't use on the show very much. But um, what is fair expectations for how the next nine months yeah. unfold? I mean, their schedule is not kind. Right. Um, and it wasn't going to be good uh, either way. And beyond that, the roster is just not, it's just not great in terms of athleticism and explosive, you know, explosivity, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, what would have been uh, fair? Explosivity is not a word that yeah, I would whatever, use, but you can roll with it. <laughs> like, we, I think we went over this at one point, right? It's verse, it's Northwestern, BYU, Toledo, Miami, Miami, the real Miami, yes. right? All in your first four. And then you got the stretch of at Iowa versus Michigan versus Ohio State at Indiana versus Minnesota at Penn State, all that before you get to Rutgers and Maryland. Like, that's brutal. And, I mean, this team, I would have had a hard time, even if D'Antonio would, had stayed, I would have had a hard time picking them to go to a bowl. Right. You know, it would have been tough to just sit, to put your name behind, they're going to be 7-6 and six or 8-4 and four, eight and four or something. That would have been hard yeah. to say. It would have been four or five wins. Yeah. Um, and I think that that should probably be where it's at again. I mean, given what the roster is, given they're going to they're going to go through changes, I would assume. Although I think some of the defensive changes maybe not maybe aren't going to be as drastic as maybe people think. It'll just be they're going to try to do things that require a higher level of athlete that they don't they don't right. really have a lot of right now. I feel like the main goal should be that people are talking about 
Michigan State at this time next year, the way that it seemed like people were talking about Colorado when mm-hmm. Mel got hired yeah. last week. And it was right. that there's positive energy Why there. Yeah. Fan base was in. They were selling tickets, right? People, there was juice behind right. a program that had been a little dormant. Um, even though it was a 5-7 and seven record, right. it did seem like there were positive vibes. Yeah. And they, the air was kind of taken out right. by them taking Mel. Right. If, if you can he do that. recruiting well. Yeah. If you can yeah. do that at the, in a year, that's a success, regardless right. of, you know, competitiveness in the in the Big Ten East or whatever, um, it's mainly I feel like taking a big deep breath of life. And yeah, new faces, new energy, yeah. new vibe. That's a big part. New talking points. Yeah, you know, to change shit, make right. it just different. You know, the best thing he can do is have an amazing uh, spring recruiting session. Like well, that's that the that's help. the best thing he can do. <laughs> right. Um, right now for his for his whatever with the fan base and everything else would be. You know, because obviously you can all the the recruiting calendar got, all got moved up several mm-hmm. years ago, and you can go through spring now and have official visits and everything else. Um, if he can make some splashes through you know April to June, you know in those periods and, and, and before July hits, if he can make some real moves in recruiting, right. um, that's going to change the equation right away. I mean, that's the that's the thing that a lot of these guys have been able to pull off. Um, you know, like Mark Stoops. I always bring him up because he's such a player in the Midwest with Ohio right. and everything. You know, when he got to Kentucky and Kentucky was down and out, when he got there, you know, one of the things he did was right away he started getting, I don't even know if it was commitments from kids, but they started yeah. getting in with some kids that they weren't getting in with. And everybody saw that. And fans got excited. And I don't live in Kentucky, but I saw fans got behind him. They got excited. I don't think it turned into like an immediate, whoa, they're, you know, winning nine games here, but it was like, well, you know, maybe give it a second because they're bringing in some guys, everything's new, like you said, everything's fresh. Right. You only get two cycles to sell all that. And so for in his first two cycles, if he can go and recruit at a level, because that's the other part of that, about that money, uh, logic would tell us that they're going to ramp up their recruiting organizational structure to something the likes of which no one's ever seen at Michigan State before because be, you have the money to do it. Yeah, I'll be curious to see with this with the pool of money that they have if positions are added. Yes, I would like, think so. Like what yeah. this actually it'll, structurally looks like. It'll look more, I would think, like what we see from Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State in terms right. of staffing, in terms of you know how they go about things. Michigan State's overall staff, you know, just the way they approached everything was more minimalistic, I would say, probably, than, than those teams. Uh, so when I said, unlike anything you've ever seen before, people that live here, you've seen it before, mm-hmm. you've just never seen Michigan State maybe do it before. And that's sort of how, you know, talking with somebody last week, you know, given the fact that Mel Tucker was at Georgia with Kirby Smart for two or three years before he took the Colorado job, right. uh, Saban guy, totally understands that way of, and that method of everything, and uh, totally understands that those two systems are predicated on you got to have got to have guys you got to have athletes like that's that's how you play defense in in twenty twenty so the biggest thing that he can do to give himself time would be you've got to you've got to go make some moves and it's got to be and it can't be like well that's a pretty good class I, I I feel like if they spend the money right they hire the right people it shouldn't be that difficult for them to shove their way into these conversations and steal like a player or two. I don't, you don't have to get ten, but you, I mean, get a get a couple of guys right. that are coveted by other schools. So I imagine, you know? I imagine most people listening at this point uh, would probably know this answer. But uh, I'm always fascinated in football coaching changes with the idea of you know you're re- kind of restocking a, ro- a roster with 
yeah. with bodies. And right. you have these choices of how many guys you take, right? And because sometimes you can just fill it with guys because mm-hmm. you have to fill out a roster. Mm-hmm. But then then you realize, okay, well, in year three of this coach, his supposed veterans, if, yes. the, if those were guys that he should have taken in the first place, really what value do you get there? You're kind of yeah. screwing yourself, if right. anything. So, like, how do you kind of see that? playing out here in terms of like what this immediate roster build looks like. Yeah, the one thing that actually helps him is that he doesn't have to sign, you know, the transition class. He doesn't have Mm -hmm. to sign a rushed three weeks on the job and here I am signing a class. Like, you know, in the old days, like when Harbaugh took the job and started basically Jan 1, January 1st, whatever day it was, and had, you know, a month to put a mm-hmm. class together. Like, he doesn't have to do that because, to your point, that class generally ends up being kind of wasted. It's just you you don't know these kids. You don't have relationships with them. You've right. barely met them. Right. Uh, if they're taking a chance on you, it's because they either don't have another option or, mm-hmm. you know, they're just kind of, you know, flying by the seat of their pants. And, I mean, the, the odds of it working out is not great. But what he what he'll have now is he'll have several months to be able to build – a plan, build some relationships. It won't be ideal. Like the next class, his 2022 class should be his best class. Right. Because you get a full year, you know, plus to recruit these kids and learn about them and, and develop mm-hmm. relationships. I mean, he can take whatever relationships he had when he was recruiting in Colorado, and maybe if there's some kids that hold over with that, mm-hmm. get those guys to come. But if they're kids from, you know, out west... That's going to be tough because, right. you know, the further you make a kid fly across the country, I mean, the harder it is to get him to come to a place. So um, I think it helps him in the, in the sense that he can restock and, and kind of evaluate. And Michigan State's numbers are in a situation where they lost a lot of guys that transferred. There's going to be more of that. Right. There's going to be more attrition. They're, they're not going to have number crunches, I wouldn't think. Mm-hmm. You can do things differently, you know. I mean, you can... We used to call it processing a kid, but, you know, anymore that kid gets to his fifth year and he's not playing, you tell him, like, this isn't working for us, so right. you got to find another place to go and, you know, graduate and, and move on your with your way. Those type of things are not going to surprise me if, if we see these from, from Mel Tucker because those are just things that Michigan State just doesn't do, hasn't been doing. Mm-hmm. Ohio State does it. Michigan does it. Penn State does it. Everybody in the SEC does it. Like, these are the things, right. being more aggressive, um, things that we used to look at and be like, oh. You know, like I don't think that's very nice. <laughs> but at some point, you got to decide. You want? Are you in this because you want to be nice? You in this uh-huh. because you want to be a football team? Uh-huh. And you know, I, I assume that's we're going to see stuff like that. I would think happen. And the, the you know how many people want to clutch their pearls over it? I suppose right. are going to it's going to be something that remains to be seen. The uh, this the two staff holders will obviously kind of be the bridge to sure. Um, you know, the current roster with. Um, the new staff members, but yeah, you know, for those listening, can you? It's been a long time since Michigan State had a coaching change. Can yep. you kind of explain like how this actually works in terms of these guys coming through? Do they like is spring ball essentially tryouts? Like how does that? You know oh, what I mean? Well, like, yeah. Like how does that actually function as a means to decide who stays and who goes? This is a weird one because you know Michigan State was about to be like face first on the ground in terms of football. I mean, they were headed that way, whether D'Antonio wants to admit it or not. If they went through another season without any change, they would have bottomed out at, you know, something. And morale would have been terrible and everything else. And so when those type of transitions happen, you know, the guy comes in and it just becomes a you-know-what measuring contest where he's just like, anybody in here want to try me? Try me right now. We're going to find out in these next 
four weeks who I can lean on, Mm -hmm. and we're going to get rid of the guys that I can't. And that might happen still. You know, that's typically how coaching transitions like at all sort of happen. That first spring is like, you know, I learn your name, then I learn how much you can take, and I'm going to throw more at you, and I'm going to make this as uncomfortable and as ridiculous. And we talked, remember we talked to Jack Miller? Yeah. About that first spring of Harvard? Total chaos. That's right. You know, they were purposefully throwing like 10 times the amount of install that they would normally throw at someone to see what they could handle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you talk to guys that, uh, in other places too, that happens all the time. These guys come in and they just say, we're going to overwhelm you with everything we have to find out who really wants to do this. Right. And the minute we start hear, so hearing complaining or whining or crying or whatever else, because we used to do it this way, see ya. Right. And that's just how it's going to go. So I would expect that to be probably something that's going to happen here. Um, but at the same time, I think that ends up, that, that looks like a scary process, but I think it ends up being a good thing in the end because inevitably every time... You know, these coaches find people they can rely on, and they mm-hmm. find guys that they really like, and a lot of times they find guys that they really like that didn't get a chance from the previous staff, right. and guys that, right. you know, that maybe we've true. given up on, you know, that observers looking outside in. Yes. And, you know, those guys will emerge, and I promise you they'll find, you know, Mel Tucker will get out of that spring practice with three or four guys on the list that we've all been like, shit, I forgot about that guy. And he'll be like, he's a player, and he's going to play for us, because mm-hmm. he held up, and he, you know, he leaned into it and did his job, and... You know, at the same time, you're going to see three or four guys that are like, well, he's gone. You right. know, it's like, and he played, you know, before, but he's not staying. So uh, that's all part of it. And that's that's how it's going to go. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to stop here and, and hold for the next part of the week? Or do you want to talk about what he's going to run and things like that? Um. Well, I mean, we can talk a little bit about that. Well, do you want to talk about what the format of, before we get into the second part of this, is this a good time to talk about how we're going to start formatting this? I guess. Show. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. The quick and dirty of it would be, and we're gonna we're not done here yet, but is that all of these shows previously it was it would be half of the show you could get on iTunes for free, and the other half would be on the app. So you get the full show on the athletic app if you're mm-hmm. a subscriber. Uh, now everything is gonna be for free on the podcast side. So it'll all be on iTunes. Right. Um, so we are going to do, but we are going to do two a week. So we're going to split them up, which maybe isn't ideal, but this is the situation. Yeah. So it's like, there are going to be free, so they're easier for you to get Mm -hmm. in that sense. So we need you to rate, review, and subscribe and all that thing, all that sort of stuff on iTunes. But they're going to be split up into different episodes, including the guests that we have. Yes. Yes. Sometimes so, though, we'll try yeah, I think we to keep the yeah. guests as one show. Yes. Well, yeah, they, the interviews, and then we would just do something else on the back end of it. Yeah, but that's. But in theory, there's also going to be more shows. So. Yeah. No, that's the point. I mean, it's going to be the same stuff. We're just splitting it up differently a little bit. So, um, if you get this part on a Tuesday and the next part on a Thursday, maybe that's how how it'll yeah. go. Um. So with that, we do need you all to rate, review, subscribe. Very important. Um, you know, we'll have ad reads in these shows. We've had ad reads in the free versions already. Mm-hmm. So, you know, engage those. We did that Tesla toothbrush one the other day. I don't know if that's, that's on this one or not. Maybe people can buy a couple of toothbrushes. Get, <laughs> get all of your Tesla toothbrushes. Uh, leave all the reviews. We're trying to make this the most indispensable athletic podcast so that that makes us more indispensable. Yeah. So it'll be the same stuff. It'll just be presented differently, basically. <laughs> right. right. Um, 
And so part two of this episode will be recorded today and we'll air in another day of this week, but right. it'll be, we're still here, sitting here, going to do it when we can stop on this thing. So, <laughs> totally normal. Uh, but before we get into the second part, um, yeah, we, let's uh, let's let's hold the rest of it for the second part, because we have some mailbag questions too that we can add in there. Yeah. And we'll get maybe more into, uh, maybe more into, you know, what Mel Tucker's going to run, possibly, you know, what some stuff he's done in the past, and then we'll get on the backside of it with some recruiting, and then... Uh, in the mailbag. Does that work? Love it. Well, that means you got to sign us out, though, oh, for this episode. All right. got to well, do that twice. Until tomorrow <laughs> or the next day, folks, be sure you tip your bartenders and your servers. Good night. The place where I was born and raised. The place where I